Hello, I'm Michael Brodeur, and welcome to Leaders Alliance. We are a global community of kingdom-minded leaders who are passionate about helping you become the world-changing leader that God created you to be. Join the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, for another episode of the Leaders Alliance podcast. I'm Michael Brodeur, and I'm so happy to be with you. And I'm very excited about today and the special guests that we have, uh, that Randy and Leslie Bixby are phenomenal leaders in the area of family and family reformation, family restoration in our generation. And we're going to actually bring them on board in just a moment. But before we do, I just want to give a brief explanation about who we are and what we're up to. We're Leaders Alliance. We're a global community of kingdom-minded leaders who are actually intent upon God's kingdom coming to this earth, his will being done on this earth as it is in heaven. We want to see God's purposes fulfilled because we believe it's the best solution for every single person on the planet. That God is good. He loves every one of us. He knows every one of us by name. And his heart is that ultimately each one of us would achieve the highest level of joy and blessing in his kingdom possible. And so, but we are also focused directly on leadership. We want to see leaders develop because if we, if we can mobilize the body of Christ by helping every single member fulfill their God-given purpose, we believe that that's the best we can do to influence this world for good. And so in Leaders Alliance, we have three primary goals. And that goal is number one, collaboration with heaven. We want to teach you how to connect to your God-given purpose and connect to the voice of God so that you can become the leader that God's called you to be. The second issue we want to do is we want to connect leaders to leaders. We want to see collaboration on a horizontal level. We want to see every one of us develop friendships and partnerships and create products and ministry uh, solutions for people that will be birthed out of our connection to one another. And then finally, we want to serve the local churches around the world. We believe that God's embassy on this planet is the local church. And if we can strengthen pastors and leaders, if we can strengthen also members within the church who might be serving in the marketplace or serving in education or serving in media or Hollywood or government or civil service, we want to empower every single person in every church to be a hundred percent 24 seven minister of the gospel, regardless of where they make their money. And so we want to partner with local churches and collaborate with them to see that outcome occur. And so anyway, we're thankful for you being on this podcast. And we're also looking forward to you considering joining us. We have some amazing training materials and we actually have just released the Kingdom Leadership Foundations course. And we want to we'll tell you more about that in the future. But we want you to consider to join that and actually learn some of the basic elements of foundational leadership as you seek to become the leader that God's called you to be. All right. Well, we have a special couple that's coming on right now, Leslie and uh, Randy Bixby, and they are good friends of mine. We're, we're connecting, you know, we're, we're, I, we connected initially over the vision of transformation. We want to see this yeah. world come into a greater and greater blessing of Jesus. And one of the key areas that was necessary for this to happen is the area of family. I don't know about you, but family is, I believe the most impactful single organization, if we can call it that, entity in humanity, in sociology, in all of our planet. It's the most singly uh, impactful and, and uh, shaping uh, entity we have. Every one of us was born into a family. If that family was dysfunctional, if that family was not working well, if that family was the best possible family we can imagine, ultimately every one of us has the imprint of that early developmental stage in our lives. I'm 65 years old and I'm still praying through and walking out imprints that came to me in, in when I was three years old or five years old or seven years old. And so the family is important. In our culture, the family literally is the foundation of identity, it's the foundation of community, it's the foundation of maturity. 
And to the extent that family is neglected, we will have pain in our culture. We will have difficulty. You can just look at the prison system where 80% of those that are there did not have an intact family. I mean, the, the, the impact is everywhere. And so that's why I'm so excited about you, Randy and Leslie, because you guys are champions for the family, not just for family in general, but family from God's perspective, because God is the author of family. He's the one who put it in place. And these guys have developed incredible ministry tools that will help every family be more effective in raising sons and daughters into full maturity. So why don't you take it from here and just, first of all, give us a, a sense of how you even got into this. What's some of your history? How did you guys end up with such a strong focus on the family? I'll start with that yeah. first. We're just so we're so thankful and honored, Michael. We love yeah. you and yeah. Diane. We love Leaders yeah. Alliance. And, love the vision. Yeah. So thanks, thanks for having us on. Uh, sure. I'll answer that that question in in one word for starters: pain. <laughs> wow. We came to be passionate about family through pain, and i I just want to I just want to encourage everybody that's that's watching and listening. Listen, our families look different today. Yeah. Um, and I don't want people to tune out because their kids are raised or they don't have a family or their family's broken and there's a, a belief system that it's, it's irreparable at this point. That's just not true. That's really a lie from the pit of hell. Um, yeah. We, um, just to share a little bit about us, we, we come from two completely different backgrounds. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we were raised in different parts of the country. We're a blended family. We did not actually implement the specific work that we're doing now with our kids until they were adults. We wow. still have a couple of prodigals out there, but I, I promise you that, that God will meet you right where you're at. You can start exactly yeah, right where you're at. Um, firstly, we're, we're, we're a son and a daughter of the King. Mm -hmm. And don't we all know that the whole earth is groaning for the sons and the daughters to be revealed on the earth. And yeah, that yeah. that really begins with family because God's a family. He created yeah. us in the context of family. And at the end of the age, you know, the guy comes back for the girl and we got a, we got a family. So um, yes. <laughs> we're passionate about this. We, um, like I said, we're a blended family. Uh, there is, we, we are not, um, we're not perfect. There's been a lot of pain. There's been the, the pain of divorce, early death, uh, addiction, um, infidelity, wrongful accusation. I mean, run the gamut of the things that affect our families. And, and we have, we have been touched by that and, and God has, God has healed. I, I like to, and I'll just finish with this. Our story ultimately is about redemption, Amen. restoration, and the kindness of God. I will uh, yeah. turn it over to you. Darling. So that's so true. I mean, well. and you said that I'll add just a tiny bit. You know, my grandparents were saved at an Amy Simple McPherson tent revival back in the 30s. And that's yeah. and they were the patriarch and matriarch that changed the course really of the modern family line. And, you know, dug the church basement with a mule and a horse team with an old plow. That I mean, that's the level. <laughs> and uh and, you know, I grew up in, in a healthy Pentecostal charismatic church where it wasn't weird to pray all night and have people healed and, and have, you know, the expression of the gifts and fullness. And, and you know, it wasn't perfect, but that tiny little church sent out more ministers into the uh, uh, ministry than any other church in the whole movement at the time. So, you know, I grew up having encounters with God before we called them encounters. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know. And Leslie affectionately says, I was raised by a pack of wolves. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah. a little exaggeration. But, but you know, so, yeah. And, and it was really in 2016 that both of us, in separate, we didn't know each other there, that, you know, we had some real family crisis, um, divorce and, and pain around that. And the wounding that comes with that to our kids. And, and I, I can remember an October afternoon where I was, I was just kind of, I told the Lord, I got to take my foot off the gas, Lord, in, in running after the kingdom. Because it's been, it's been a lifetime of ministry and pursuit of him, you know. And, and I'm never going to leave you. And I'm never going to quit. But 
I am, I cannot keep going. The price is too high. My kids are hurt running away from you. And, and he said, Randy, just love your family. And, wow. and I said, that's, that's all you want from me. <laughs> he wow. says, yeah, just love your family. And I said, I'll do that. And the next morning, I mean, I went from a place of probably early depression to being filled with light and hope because for 30 years, I've been a leadership guy and have been, a, yeah. you know, developing people. And I've created a number <laughs> of workshops and tools that help leaders really thrive. And I began to see with God's help how a lot of that work could all be redeemed and focused on my family, not the family, not a big movement, but my family that was broken. Yes. And so we started, <clears throat> we started doing that and our family started to heal. And I wow. mean, it didn't take a long time. It was remarkably quick in the long, in the long scheme of things. And they began to get more and more hunger to participate. And, and, and trust me, not two of the three children that at that time, were hurt and wounded, church hurt, and were not walking with God. One of them was, but in in a, you know over a period of time, they all engaged with us in these protocols because they all want love and a healthy family. And and as they healed and healed, we began to really see, wow, we're not the only family that needs healing. In the church, mm -hmm. in the yeah. church. And in fact, more and more pastors I talk to, they're like, man, this is amazing work. But I. Man, my family's really in trouble. I don't know that we can wow. we can do this. And wow. and uh, so we we just stayed faithful. And then God began to speak to us about that. There's really missing solutions on the family gate, family sphere. That that He was about in this hour, really restoring and reforming the family back to His original design. And He began wow. pouring out vision. And 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 along the way. Uh, Early on in that, the next year, I met Leslie, and it was it was a match made in heaven, worth the wait and the pain. And she has come on so wonderfully with her gifts and her skills, and she left a thirty plus year career in insurance and has joined me full time. We do everything together. We live together. We work together. Yeah. We come together. We train together. We, and we just love it. And. Yeah, so that that's really the origins of this. This wasn't a theoretical thing. This happened out of the practical need our families had to heal and restore and find God's purpose again. And and some of our kids have come back supernaturally. I mean, literally a sovereign deliverance for my son who's now in YWAM, you know, Bible school after a DTS, just loving the Lord. And and so we uh, we are practitioners first before yeah. of anything oh that's so cool well that's uh, i mean uh, i was raised in a in a non-christian home i'm a first generation i was raised by hippie parents and there was a lot of both sexual abuse there was drug abuse there was uh, physical violent abuse in our family and uh and i know how those things have imprinted me but I want to, as we kind of progress in the conversation, I want to talk big picture first. Okay. Mm -hmm. Obviously you guys have experienced stuff. And I love what you said, uh, Leslie, about pain being the one word, um, because we all obviously are either crushed by pain or we're motivated by pain. And you guys found a way to, to come together and also produce something that will bless others out of your pain. And that's beautiful. But as you look through culture and society, and even in the church, there's a ton of pain. Okay. And we see so much, you know, so many broken families, even in pastors' families. Talk a little bit about the big picture of how that pain has hurt our culture, how how that pain has damaged, how it has, how it has undermined God's goodness in our yeah. culture, and and some of the solutions that you guys have have discovered in, in response to that. Yeah, I, I would say it's how we think about pain. Yeah. I mean, truly, it, as a as a man thinketh in his heart, or a woman thinketh in their heart, so are are we? And so it's how we think about pain. And if we think that pain is is you know taking us out, and we we create a story around these painful things that happen in our life, and and then what we don't understand, not, neuroscience, of course, the word has always said this, but neuroscience now says up to ninety five percent of our thinking, ninety five percent of it is happening at a subconscious level. So yeah. we're not really aware what's going on in our heart at a heart level. So when these painful things happen in our life, 
we unconsciously more times than not attach a story to that happening. And wow. if we're not, if we're not inviting the Holy Spirit in on a regular daily boy, all through the day, frankly, to search my heart and you, I want your story around what just happened here. That's where the bitterness sets in and that sets us on a whole other course. We know what bitterness does to our bones, literally. Yes. And it breaks apart our relations because once we make an agreement with that story around that pain, then we go through the rest of our life and we don't know this, but we're looking at everything moving forward from that lens of pain, that lens of abuse, that lens of betrayal. And we don't know this, but we're looking for evidence to support that ugly story. And right. so learning how to govern our thinking and getting it into alignment with the way God thinks about things is, is so just crucial. And we, we do a lot of this, this kind of training in our work, but this is a super transformative way to, to truly take the thought captive, right? Bring it under obedience. What does God say about that, that fact, that, that painful thing that happened in my life? Yes. And, and what does he say about it? And, and the power of our agreement. We are powerful, yeah. powerful, powerful beings. There wow. are no other creatures on the planet that were given a will like human beings were given. That's right. And we, and we get to decide if what story we're going to agree with. If we're going to agree with that pain or if we're going to submit that pain and get God's story around that pain. And if we, he's, we're going to let him use it. Yeah. Anything more on that? Just, I mean, that's the inside out reality that impacts culture. So back out to that big, big view. Every part of our culture, I, we believe this has been our discovery, is downstream from family. That is so good. Yeah. That God designed, right? He was a family in eternity past, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And in his design of Adam and Eve and breathing himself into them, that they became a living being. And he said, be fruitful and be like the seed, be what's in you and multiply that. So be me, right? His breath carried his spirit and everything he was. So be that and then and multiply that. So he gave the stewardship of the family right as a, one of the very first things that he did. And then he missionally said, you know, go now and multiply that, fill the earth and subdue it. So out of your children and grandchildren, out of your generations that mm -hmm. are filled with me, that are just like me, I want you to govern the earth. That's the mission. Mm -hmm. So go into, and we talk about all the spheres, right? And you, you know, whether you're a seven mountain or a sphere or whatever, the fact is there are decision centers in culture where people yes. in leadership rule, they govern. In other words, they allow certain things and they disallow certain things based right. on their place of decision. Well, their decisions are based on their, their worldview, their belief systems, their character. So here's what's happened. And so you, you asked specifically, I want to ask specifically your question. The fall of civilizations happened because of the fall of families. It's yes. a historical fact. Edward Gibbons in the fall of Rome details this. And I studied eight civilizations and every one of them, one of the key components was the fall of the family. Why? Because if our families fail to instill the character and nature of God, his joy, his goodness, his righteousness, his peace, mm -hmm. right? Hearing his voice, knowing how to walk in the supernatural naturally. Like all of the stuff we talk about now, the kingdom, because the king is in dominion inside of them. If, if, if the family breaks down and we don't steward that well, then our children could go through right their, their childhood and their, their formative years and their, their education, and they lack the character and nature of God. So when it's their turn for the, to punch the clock as the leader of, you know, as the senator from the great state of Iowa, or when they right. punch the clock and they're running business, the way in which they make their decisions isn't based on God's character. It's based right. on the woundedness and the lies and all of the ways of the enemy that he, you know, basically, if you eat from this other tree, you can have God's will your way. So you make yeah. it happen your way and try to get what God gives you, but it never, never pans out. And so when when families fall and generations fall, then leaders at every gate of culture 
are making decisions that are full of deception. The things of the Spirit of God are foolishness to those who don't have the wow. Spirit. So they're leading blind, literally. And they're wow. leading deceived. And they don't know it. And so that yeah. and that is it's no different in the church. And I, I can speak to this. I've, I've been a pastor three times. I've been a denominational executive, a missionary, right? A house, all of that. And my family, I did not understand how what my responsibility was in in living it to give it, living the character and nature of God in discipling my children so that they became the character and nature of God and were equipped to pass that on to their generation. I didn't I, I, I subbed it out and this is what we do. We farm it out to the church to raise our kids. The spiritual formation right. of, of our kids is, is a church's right. responsibility. Or it's the school's responsibility or it's the yeah. government responsibility. Yeah. And those decisions have deadly costs, fatal costs to our to our generations. Yeah. And, and that's so, really what we're seeing right now. You know, that's what we're seeing in 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 some of the battles that are taking place in the education system right now, where yes. the government literally wants to be the parents that instruct our kids. And we've given that by our own abdication. Yes. We've sort of released that because we were too busy. We were pursuing our careers. We were pursuing our ministry success for those that are in the ministry. And unfortunately, we did abdicate that sense of leadership in our own families. Yes. So thoughts about that. Well, you're so, and, and so then multiply that by generations of woundedness yeah. on yeah. layers yeah. of deception, on layers of, right, demonic influence that comes and rests on wounds and comes and rests on lies. And you've got quite a cocktail for a culture that is the fullness of the enemy's culture, which is where we're at here close to the end yeah. of the age. It's the fullness of what the best of the tree of knowledge of good and evil can produce. Wow. Here's what God is. I sure. believe what God is doing is he's saying now at the end of the age, it's the best of times and the worst of times the kingdom will be the dominant framework in the earth at the end of the age. And so the, the trees of knowledge, good and evil has produced what it is. The tares have grown up, but let me yes. assure you, so will the wheat. And so as the sons and daughters of God are coming into their fullness in this age, the wheat and the tares grow together. By the way, right. Jesus said, don't leave the tares alone. You focus on growing into the fullness yes. of the wheat. Yeah, that's so true. Let the angels who are the harvesters come and do the separating. And so yeah. our focus is, is on creating sons and daughters of God who live in the fullness of the kingdom of God. And it cannot be, it cannot happen outside of the family because God's design, as we're seeing it, is in the family. Yes. And so, you know, we, we could go on and on and on, but at the core of the problem, and I write about this a lot in the book, is what I call identity drift. We don't know who we are. That's Coupled right. Coupled with a failure to self-govern well, we don't understand how to govern, how to lead our own Ourselves. lives, let alone our families yeah. and our responsibility. And the choice, and this is important, the choice to not steward the family as designed. It's a choice. Yes. I for a long time, and I reaped the whirlwind. And I wasn't yeah. even that aware. And my heart was wholeheartedly after God. I just yeah. didn't know what I didn't know. And, and, and I think that's a lot of us out there right now, especially in the yeah. church. This does, you, you're not immune to this because you're in ministry or yeah. a leader in the church. Well, let's, um, before we go into solutions, because obviously you guys have pioneered some amazing solutions to some of the challenges we're dealing with. You know, there's kind of a, um, a, a theory in psychology that you know because of pain because of the way that brokenness in our culture hits us that we tend to have at least three responses fight flight or freeze you know and, and i can pretty much see that in terms of the people i relate to the leaders that i work with is you know some people as a result of the difficulties of their childhood that subconscious uh, tape that's running inside of them they'll fall into what we might call a victim mentality and and in a sense uh, indulge in certain levels of of either excusing misbehavior or actually indulging in certain kinds of uh, medication self-medication to compensate whether it's sex or drugs or career yeah. or workaholism or whatever 
and they find their solace in those things. Other people become abusers as a result. They fight instead of flight, you know, mm -hmm. and then some people just become frozen. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and we can see the impact of that in different branches of our culture. You know, I have, I have two brothers that became drug addicts and alcoholics as a result of our childhood. My sister was arrested with a, a pound of heroin in her car, you know, that kind of stuff that was real in our family. Okay. Uh, on the other hand, we have, you know, families of abused, abused families that actually come into being abusive. How do you see that stuff, you know, playing out first of all? And then how do you see as we transition and talk about solutions, what can we do to begin to unlock some of those patterns and start to produce a shift in people's perspectives and in terms of their behaviors. Yeah. You know, the thing that comes to me, the, the best the world psychology has been able to come up with is fight, flight, or freeze, right? Right. But in the kingdom, everything starts with surrender. That's right. That's good. There's, there's your answer. It's, it's not about fighting's not the answer. Fleeing's not the answer. Freezing's not the answer. Fainting, by the way, is the fourth one in nature. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. It, it really is. It really does begin with surrender. Yes. I, I, I just will share really transparently. Several years ago, I just found myself in a, in a really tough spot. And I had my Job moment. And I found myself face down on a cold tile floor. Like, okay, Lord, I, I have made a mess. I don't know what to do. I'm at the end of myself. I got nothing left. And I tell people, I, I said, you know what I heard laying on that cold floor? Crickets. I heard mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. But, and it was in that space of time. Like, I really was like, I... I'm not hearing anything, I, wow. uh, but I didn't move. I was, I just, I didn't move. And in that space of time, I found a deeper level of surrender. There was wow. still an expectation that it was going to look a certain way and that God was going to just speak to me in that moment when I wanted it to happen. And, you know, we know God's always speaking to us, but I didn't hear him because God allowed me to get to a deeper place of surrender. Wow. When we choose and surrender is a choice. And this is, I mean, this is going to lead me into something else in a second, but this is important. It is, it is in that place of surrender where we are finally empty enough to where we can hear the voice of God. We can hear that still small voice. And it's in that place when we've really emptied and dare I say die to wow. our flesh, to our own way of thinking even as believers, why we want God's will, but we want it our way. We have an expectation that it needs to look a certain way, right? Yeah. In that place of surrender, this is where, for me, it was the place where God really started to tell me who I was. Who wow. he was. And he put me back together, and here I am today. And I could really get sidetracked <laughs> on where he brought me from. Yeah. But we, Super we were, Leslie, we, though. There's yeah. three questions that really must be answered in life. And that first question is, who is God? actually because mm -hmm. if we have a skewed understanding of who god who god is we're not going to surrender to him that's right if we think he's going to judge us or smote us or he's not safe or he's not loving and again this most of that thinking is down here right mm -hmm. from our generational and childhood wounds that's right, right. so that's right we've got we've got to have a healthy understanding of who the word of god says god is because yes. the second question that we got to answer is, who are we? You know, the, the core of this work is identity. And we can't possibly know who we are if we don't know who he is. Because That's we true. were created in his image. But when we make an agreement that we're who the world says we are, and we are who the, our family of origin says we are, and who culture says we are, we're, we're, this, we're, we're attaching the wrong story. Right? And then, of course, that's right. what's the purpose? That's the, Why am I here? That's the fun part. And that's where you really specialize in, in, in your yeah. destiny finders. Oh, wow. that's so good. I mean, that. I know. That was excellent, Leslie. Right to the core. I'll yeah. add this pain demands a response. Mm. We will respond to pain. 
by yeah. based on our design. You know, you think about our design, and we go back to our design in this work over and over and over because you cannot improve on God's blueprint, on yes. His design. It's perfect. And you know, when we were designed, think about it, to be walk in the garden in the afternoons with Him, sure, and talk to Him and have Him tell us how to have dominion in the earth and to live in, as one with Him without pain, without wound without deception without right so we were really designed to operate in a world that had no pain wow so it's only it's only understandable that we have to respond to pain because we were designed to not have it that's right and so the but so here in our right the fallen right we we disobeyed we fell now we get the fruit of that pain and is you know Leslie was talking about how we what we choose to make that pain mean is a big part of it. Is it to like you said fight, flight, freeze? But all of those are efforts out of the flesh, out of the out of the mind, out of you know. Right. And, but what it's required is our will to surrender back to original design, who is I'm going to do this your way. And and I'll, you know this this his will his way is essential in every part of life, but it's essential in the family. Mm. And people will respond to pain. Mm-hmm. And you name several ways they do it. I'll tell you a couple more. And they're a little they're a little more um, hidden. Yeah. And that is, uh, I'm going to stay in a place of, I don't know what to do. Uh, the stuck one is, I'm, you know, I, I'm just confused by all this. I, I don't know what to do. You yeah. know, I know how to fix my family i don't know how to fix you know my the families in my church i i don't know yeah well that that is one of those excuses really because mm-hmm. the fact is we have powerful wills and we know the one we should who knows everything yes and one of our tools is a listening prayer tool for that very reason we know if we cannot connect people to clearly hear god's voice on a real-time daily walk with him that there's little chance that they can govern themselves or their families into a, a revelation of who they are and get out of identity drift to mm. govern themselves well and make choices about what I allow and disallow from my thinking. You know, do I, we disagree with God unknowingly all over the place right. and it creates problems for us, but there's a way that's another tool, a fact story. Yeah. What is God's truth around what's going on right now? This, this anger that I feel, what's the thinking underneath of it? Right. The fear I'm feeling, what's the thinking underneath? And that thinking, when I recognize it with Holy Spirit, it might be I'm afraid of people. I have an unhealthy connection to what people think about me. Or I I, I really am wounded, and I, I believe at a core level that God will help everybody else, but not me. It'll work for everybody else, but not me. And so if leave that I I live and I create for myself a prison and I'm standing there holding the keys to the door called my will to change what I believe to agree with God and and so a lot of this work that we do Michael as you know is is really helping people govern themselves as designed as children of God we can actually identify a lie and repent from it change our thinking and choose a new way of thinking and then live out of the new way of thinking to create new fruit. And, and they're just tools that we've, you know, simplified to be able to make them digestible. And um, yeah. yeah, so, but I love yeah. it. It really does come down to surrender. It's I love what, yeah, I love what you're saying because really what it comes down to is, you know, if I'm going to be the father that God wants me to be, I still, I first have to be the son that God wants me to be. So In other words, I can't just put on some father hat and start fathering unless it's it's happening in here. And that's what I hear you saying in in the in the the real subtext of what you're saying is that that personal like you know what Leslie just said about knowing who God is truly, knowing who I am in Christ truly, and then yes. ultimately what I'm here for, those three transitions I think will free us from the paralysis you're talking about from the sense of uh, excuses and abdication that we so easily fall into and basically starting to self-govern in a way that then allows us to be the leadership force in our families that will produce yes. the change 
Yeah. And so that's that's awesome. Well, let's move into solutions a little bit because you guys, I mean, I'm I'm super impressed as I've scanned your books and we've had numerous conversations with the way in which you've systematized transformation, both of the individual and of their leadership role in the family and then the family as a whole. And and I want to just kind of start to drill down into some of the solutions. And maybe let's start with like what would be some of the first things that you take if you're if you're you know uh involved with a family in crisis mm -hmm. and uh, they invite you to do a personal coaching in their family where do you start normally when you come in well that's a good question it is it is somewhat individualized right whatever is yeah. presenting whatever sure. is presenting is the open door yeah so you know um give me an example of something that's presenting that you want us to process through one of our tools. What, what, right. have you got an example? Well, let's say a, a rebellious teenager and uh, uh, a father who just doesn't know how to deal with it. He's exasperated. He's freaking out. And, uh, and his kid is drifting further and further away. Okay. That would be okay. a simple scenario. So, so one of the six protocols in the family legacy work is what we call the emotional intelligence protocol. Really, it's how to walk in the spirit protocol, <laughs> but yeah. it, it, it integrates some exercises and some tools that help me understand what's going on inside of me and my son, in this case, understand what's going on inside of him at a heart level and a, and a process for evaluating that so that I take responsibility. So you know this about transformation, and then I'll jump into the tool. At some form or another, transformation includes a few things. It includes, first of all, I'm drawing a circle here because this is my diagram, the circle right. of revelation. There has to be a revelation of the thinking in my heart that's creating the mess I have, the pain yes. I have, the anger I have, the rebellion I have. The I just want to check out and let my son figure it out that I have that, that emotion that's there is, you know, emotions come from thoughts. 100%. That's, so there's things, and it happens lightning fast, but make no mistake, the hearts, the, the thoughts down deep in my heart, what I believe my belief systems, like lenses of glasses, that's what's yeah. creating my emotions. So no. in the it's also what's creating your behavior and behavior. So in the personal investigator tool, this is a tool, a process that we teach. So we come into a family and is to sort this out. One of the things we would do is teach this tool. The tool has two clues that are on ramps to be able to start it. Emotions and behaviors. So particularly, you know, whatever emotion is showing up, if it's apathy, I'm just checked out. Or if it's rebellion or if it's anger or frustration or confusion, whatever is the emotion that is most in touch and presenting. And by the way, most people have a really difficult time articulating their emotions. So yeah. we've got tools with That's all right. kinds of emotional words that can help people even get clear. It's shocking how many people cannot identify identify their emotions. But yeah. but I, I like to think of emotions. This is just a real easy visual. Firstly, our emotions aren't necessarily right or wrong or good or bad. They're they're from God. And I like to think about them as the indicator lights on the dashboard of a car. Like when you're driving down the road, your dashboard gives you a, a ding, 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 or there's a bright light that's going on. And it's there to let you know that there's something going on in the operating system of the car, low air pressure, low oil, whatever it is. Our emotions do the same thing from us. It is a fact that our emotions come from a thought first. Wow. It's not the other way around. Yeah. This is a proven fact it's a, it's a fact in scripture and neuroscience has proven it. So right. if we can learn how to identify firstly, what the emotion is, and usually it's a big emotion, right? That's, that's, I mean, it works with good emotions as well. I said good, but you know, pleasant right. ones, right? Sure. So I'm, I'm yeah. afraid all of a sudden I'm, I'm terrified or I'm angry. There's a thinking in your heart at a heart level, that subconscious that's generating that emotion. So if we right. can identify what the emotion is firstly, then we can get down in there with Holy Spirit and identify what the thinking or the belief is that's generating that. So I'm going to, good, perfect. Yeah. I'm going to process through our example now. So sure. it, it, and this is important too. We also need to make sure we have a safe, trusting environment if we want a good result. Yeah. And there's other exercises to help do that in the family, but that's a part of it. But let's say 
I'm sitting down with my son and he's rebellious and I'm checked out and angry and upset about it. We go through this tool, right? So I, you know, and here's the first question. Once I have the clue question, what's the thinking in my heart creating this emotion? So Mm. it's okay. Just tell me, let's discover this. We want a revelation. It's the first part of transformation. So, and let's say we're able to get to something like, well, I want control of my life because I feel like everything's out of control. You tell me what yeah. to do, teacher tell me what to do. I don't, I, I, and I don't like how things are going. So I want, you know, I want to control my own life. I want my way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what's your thinking, dad? Well, honestly, my thinking is rooted in fear. I, I'm afraid mm-hmm. that terrible things are going to happen if you continue yeah. on this road. And well, what's underneath the fear, dad, the thinking, um, uh, you can drill it way down, and we do. We call it a train of thought. There's car after car after yeah. car. But at the bottom, it's probably something like, I guess I'm I'm choosing not to trust God with you. Yeah. That's yeah. why I'm afraid. Okay, wow. well, we get down to that level of thinking, and then there's four questions, right? So well, here's the question. What's the thinking in my heart? Then the next question is, where else in my life is that showing up? And here's this, the phenomenon is this. We take our thinking with us everywhere we go, like a lens. So if I'm not trusting God with my son, at some level, I have a I don't trust God fully lens that I go through my finances, my business, my marriage. I go through everything that way because it's a heart issue. Yeah. So this is where we can make a lot of accelerated change and growth very quickly if we'll go through it with God's help. And we need Holy Spirit's help to to find this. So but for, for the for the boy, it might be, you know, well, I want my way. And that's my thinking. Well, where else in life is showing everywhere? I want my way at school. So I'm rebellious. Yeah. There. I want my way at home. So I'm rebellious there. I want my way with my, my girlfriend. So I'm rebellious. Okay. Well, here's the next question in the process. Okay. What are the costs and benefits of choosing? Notice the language. Choosing to think this way. We're not a victim to how we think. We yeah. have power. We have power to take our thoughts captive. A lot of people do not understand that. They just think how they think, and they think that's the biggest reality I can grab onto. Well, it's not. We can change. So, you know, you say, well, there's no benefit to, you know, there's no benefit to not trusting God. Well, actually, there is. There's a ton of benefits. The truth of how we're made is we only do things because there's a perceived benefit. Yeah. And the benefit might be something like I get to have my way, I get to be right, I get to be comfortable, because it's right. going to take a lot of uncomfortable work to address all of this stuff about my trust for God, because I got a lot of evidence in my file as to why I can't really trust him fully. Wow. And I, I don't know if I really want to do all the work to go back and look at all of that. So, but Those are all those stories that you created from that right? past pain. So it's, right. here, here's what this is about. It's about the second part of transformation, which is personal responsibility. Once I have a revelation, I start to see what's causing what's going on. The next part is I am responsible. I, I am the one who has got by God's design an individual agent, and I've been given a will to choose some things. And That's how good. I choose matter for me and everybody that I'm in relationship with and my generations. So at some level to fix something, there's a level of personal for dad, his responsibility is to figure out what's keeping him from trusting God and to choose trust, to get healing, deliverance, to get whatever for the son. It's about figuring out whatever it is. That's got him demanding his control of his own way. And probably something around trust too. A lack of trust because mm-hmm. my generation. Yeah. So we explore in these with the tools with the family. What are the the belief system causing the behaviors and the feelings so that we can get to the fa- the last part, which is this. The next question is, what's your commitment moving forward? Well, how does God think about it? Yeah, which is really equivalent to what does God think about this? So we bring in now truth, right? Okay. Yeah. God believes that you're loved and he's, he's never changing. He can be trusted and that he's using all of this for your good to, to reveal who he is to you and that he's with you right now. And there's reasons why you haven't picked that because of all the stuff we're discovering. But the truth is the, the right way of thinking is he can be trusted and he's loving and his control is better than my control in my life. Wow. And then, then there's the choice. Finally, the last part, the last question in the tool is, What's my commitment moving forward? What am I going to choose? 
Mm. So that transformation happens from revelation to personal responsibility to what we call sustained action in adherence to action that agrees with God. As we do that, it creates a transformed heart and way of thinking and therefore transformed results, relationships, healing, and so forth. So it's a combination of coaching, inner healing, um, you know, through these what we call uh, emotional intelligence, really how to walk in the spirit protocols. You know, for the son in this instance, too, we, we, uh, well, I'll digress here. One of the, the, the biggest lessons that we have passed on to our kids and our grandchildren is, is just the simple wisdom of just do it God's way. You want the shortcut? God's way is the shortcut. And so for the rebellious kid in this story, if he can really have an awareness, right? Create this awareness of what it's costing him to be in control of his, you know, doing it his way. And he can, he can articulate, oh my gosh, it's costing me a relationship with my parents and it's, I'm going to wow. fail out of school and then teaching him how to take those trained cars of thought. And if I fail out of school, then I'm, I'm you know, that disqualifies right. me for college and then, you know, on and on and on and on. And then if I can't get a job, it just goes on and on. If we can train our children how to critically think this way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you get this because you're a coach. By bringing a coach approach into this, it all of a sudden, right, you give them the power to have discovery and explore yeah. for themselves. And the truth is we don't argue with our own data. That's right. You tell somebody yeah. to do something and under observation, their brain shuts down. This is yeah. science. But you ask them a question and ask them to come up with their own solution and the brain lights up with activity wow. and engagement. For this, for this very reason, if I get a revelation, I get it, and I know yes. it's true. And yeah. so, you know, the parenting style, and now when they're little and they need to stay out of the street, of course you tell them, don't do yeah. that. Sure. But there comes a point very early on when the more we can help them take personal responsibility for their choices and natural consequences in a safe environment, that they can actually grow wise in thinking their thoughts all the way through. I know we, we just don't stop. Go ahead. Well, this, well, this is, this is amazing because really just hearing you break it down into simple steps. And this is just one protocol out of what, six or seven that you have in the initial one protocol, 60 exercises. This is just one, yeah. one exercise. So that's, that's awesome. And so, and that's what I love about you guys is your ability to actually make it practical and practicable in the sense that people can actually engage it and find, you know, some real growth in the midst of, it's not just an information dump, you know, there's actually a process of application that's taking place in every step of the exercises. So, well, let's do this because we only have about 15 minutes left. Okay. To, to wrap this up, Mm -hmm. I'd love you in a moment to start presenting a little bit of your, just, you know, how do people contact you? How do they find out, you know, what are, what are some of the, the other tools that you guys are offering, because just this one little snapshot into your ministry, I think will activate tons of interest in people that are listening to this uh, broadcast. So, but um, let me just say this as we sort of take a break for a moment and you guys are going to share is that the, the principles that they just shared are actually something that's really embedded in our foundations leadership course. It's called yeah. Kingdom Leadership Foundations. And we talk a lot about self-government in the first stage of this and self-leadership under the leadership of the Holy Spirit as the foundation to leading anything and everything. So I think yeah. we're, you know, great minds think alike. And and uh, so I want to recommend that, that you check out on our website at leadersalliance.org, the Kingdom Leadership Foundations course mm-hmm. as a possible sort of entry point into being a member of Leaders Alliance. And if you know that you need to grow in your leadership ability and skill, and you want to actually follow a, a proven path of development, then join us in Leaders Alliance. We have amazing leaders like Randy and, and Leslie who are speaking into what we're building and they're bringing their resources to really influence our outcomes as an overall, in a sense, a leadership stew, if you will, or a leadership uh, confluence of different people coming in and bringing their wisdom to bear. So check that out at leadersalliance.org. But as we close, you know, over the next 10 minutes or so, why don't you present like more of an overview of your ministry, the books you offer, the website, give us some tangibles to walk away with so we can investigate further. 
Okay, great. Awesome. Um, our website is, is culturalarchitects.org. Uh, under that umbrella, we're doing multiple things. We're, certainly, we have the Family Reformation Project. And the core of that project is, is Randy's book, uh, The Family Legacy Shaping Culture from the Inside Out. There's a workbook that accompanies it and an e-course. That's the core of the family work. And, yeah, and in that, yeah. we, have, we have multiple delivery systems. There's the do-it-yourself program. We have trained family coaches to help families walk through this stuff if they need help. We do family conferences. We do um, individual weekend encounters with families. Um, wow. We've also started what we're calling the Family Institute for Cultural Transformation. Um, you can get on the website. It's FICTinstitute.org. We've just, just uploaded all of our fall classes. And one of those is training people who have a passion for family on a certification program where it's a five-month commitment, but we're going to train you experientially how to do this in your own families. And then what's important is to take it into your own context, take it into your own church, take it into your business, take it into your communities, into the spheres of those that, that you, that you work with. Um, what else on the uh, Yeah. I was just saying from a strategic level, we really believe God's asking us to, to, to train these family coaching specialists so that every church or every ministry or every kingdom business has a person that, has lived it to give it. That's one of our core values. So the five months is really going through every one of these modules, learning about it, how to facilitate it. And then you go do it with your family. And then you report on it the next week in, in the learning adventure. And then there's coach training, facilitator training and all that. But there's, if you're just a family and you just say, you know what, I want to know more. We have intro webinars, you know, yeah. you can learn more for free. You can learn more about what we do. And, and, and you can also go, she gave you the cultural architects website. Uh, we have several websites, right? Uh, we have thefamilyreformationproject.com. That's another one around the family work. Not .org. Yeah. Careful on that. It's thefamilyreformationproject.com. There's yeah. another organization okay. out there that is um, a little contrary to what we do. A lot contrary. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, we, we also, we do coaching. You know, my, we have these coaches that we've trained up. Uh, they're ready to walk with families through this to in crisis in in problems and and more than that like and i want to say i want to say kudos to you and leaders alliance and and your leadership training uh i encourage if you're listening and you want to grow your leadership the truth is we are all leaders we can't not be a leader we are right. by design right. question is what kind of a leader am i going to be so and good. you know same thing with legacy you can't not leave a legacy you will leave a legacy. The question yeah. is, what legacy will you leave? And, and you know, with, with your resources too, Michael, with us too, we do a lot of kingdom business work in our uh, cultural architects uh, business solutions. We yeah. have, uh, and we're starting a house of prayer here, a 24-7 house of prayer here in Phoenix. Uh, we're in pre-launch phase. So that's really the, the heartbeat of the work that we do. Resource-wise, we do classes. We have all kinds of videos and, um, you know, the different delivery systems. Leslie mentioned our ways to access what we do. Wow. That's so awesome. Well, you know, as we kind of wrap up, I know you have, you guys have really pioneered in the area of leadership in general, as well as your specific area of focus, which is related to, you know, the family and so forth. I loved what you said early on about, you know, that all culture, all society is downstream from family. I just don't think that there's a better way of stating the, the reality of the importance of transforming family. But again, family requires good leadership. Marketplace ministry requires good leadership. Church uh, health requires great leadership. What would you say are a few of the, the sort of the in, in conclusion leadership steps that you or leadership keys that you've discovered that would actually help a listener right now who's curious about leaders alliance help them to be the leader that god's called them to be man i'm like you i'm so passionate about this the challenge is limiting it but i'm gonna do it um, yeah you know i heard early on in my life leaders are learners Mm -hmm. And that always resonated with me. And I have made learning a lifelong choice. 
Yes. Uh, you know, I just completed my doctorate and I, I continue to take courses and certifications and and just and just that attitude with my own walk with God. I, I don't believe you can be an effective leader without being an intentional lifelong learner. Wow. I, I believe this. leaders are listeners. And mm. this is a, this is a big one. I could go for hours on this. By listening, fully listening, and there's we have a whole module around this that we teach in the EQ work, you know, because we don't listen typically very well. We listen, but the energy in our head is all about us, the hearer, what we think about what's being said, whether we agree or disagree with what's being said, whether it's accurate or if it's inaccurate, what what I would do instead, or some of us personalize it. Well, what are they trying to say about me? But all of the energy for the majority, I would say the majority of people, even leaders, is not in listening. And you'll find in every right, every sphere, family, church, business, government, if you are not a, a prolifically uh, effective listener, you'll fail. Yeah. If you don't listen to the data and if you don't listen to the, the if you don't read all the gauges in the cockpit of the plane, when you're in the clouds, you're going to crash that thing. Yes. So listening. And so I, I would say, in fact, I really believe this. I say this often after, right, being led from Holy Spirit. And that includes, so listening includes hearing him, right? There, yeah. If we don't hear him, we don't know his heart and we don't lead well, period. But if yeah. we have spirit, the spirit of revelation, the spirit of truth, then we actually can, can lead well. And we have brilliant strategies for leadership, the Proverbs say, based yeah. on that spirit. Of revelation. So we got to listen to him, and cultivate that. But then it's also listening to others, fully listening. We call it empathetic listening. Mm -hmm. And you know, listening, you, do you know that the number one, you probably know this, right? The, the study, the biggest manner in which communication is received, you know, you know between all the different ways, it, do you know what the, the number one message carrier in communication, do you know what it is? I don't put you on the spot. Yeah. Well, body language is one of the key issues. Body right, language uh, is right up there. You know what's first? What is? Tone. Wow. Tone of voice. And how do we communicate anymore? Like this. Right. With no tone. No. Tone, yeah. facial expressions, and eyes is yeah. next, right? Then body language. Words is last. You know what it is? 7%. Wow. 7% yeah. of the fullness of what's being communicated is by, and I love words. Yeah. But we teach leaders, listen, you, you husbands, you got to listen to your spouses. You got to listen to God. You got to listen to your, I mean, really listen. It's all about them. Do you know the emotion they're feeling? Do you know the thinking under the emotion they're feeling? Do you know where they're really at? Do you, are you listening? So leaders are certainly learners. Leaders are listeners. Those two are big and profound. Leaders, I, I like a simple leadership model. And I know we're at time, but it's called vision, alignment, execution. There's a lot of leadership models, but leaders must, the work of a leader, they must be able to receive vision from God, articulate it persuasively to others. They right. must be able to bring alignment to that vision, help empower right. people in the places where they're gifted toward the outcomes that are, you know, and give people weigh in in that so that they have buy-in. And they must be able to execute, measure, iterate and improve. I, I could go on, but those, those are the top of mind things that come to me around leadership, Michael. That's so excellent. Awesome. Well, we're at the end of our hour and this has been phenomenal. Thank you guys so much for being on with us. I hope that as if you're listening to these guys today, that, that this piques your interest, that you're able to follow up with some of their website, books, and courses, just phenomenal information, and probably some of the most well-systematized. In other words, you know, I, I like, you know, systems. I like frameworks. And you guys have been able to take complex ideas and break them into simple, uh, actionable steps that I believe will really bring true transformation in the lives of those that partake. So anyway, thank you so much for being on board. Could you guys thank you. close as we pray and pray for us that God would help us to grasp these things that you're sharing. And we're going to, we're going to um, wrap things up. So go ahead and just pray with us. Awesome. So yeah, father, you're the hero of all this story. 
Jesus, you're the hero. Spirit, you're the hero. And so, Lord, we open. And I pray right now for everybody listening, whether it's today or in the future, in the archives, that everybody right now would like us, Lord, we surrender. We lay down our demand for our way. And we receive, yeah. we receive divine instruction about your way. So spirit of wisdom, spirit of revelation, spirit of counsel and might and the fear of the Lord, we open ourselves to you right now around all these matters lord may may you teach us jesus said that you you holy spirit you'd lead us into truth so we say teacher come <laughs> lead us into truth around governing ourselves around our identities around our choice about how we steward our families would you lead us lord and i just pray right now for ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to understand that Lord, whatever the the confusion is or the, the veil is that's keeping us from fully knowing your heart, your will, your ways around family, around leadership, that you would reveal it and you would show us that we could run in agreement with you, Lord. We thank you that you're watching over these prayers and this heart, Lord, do it in those who are praying with me today. If that's your prayer, say amen. 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 Well, again, thank you guys so much. This is so awesome. And thank you all that are viewing this, uh, both right now at this moment, but also in the future and the podcast and so forth. And check us out at leadersalliance.org. You know, we really would love to have you come on board with us. And also, we want to help you create a platform that will actually revolutionize the lives of others. So God bless you all. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah.